0: Pal, Good afternoon everyone and welcome to When at Ten, our celebration of our 10th anniversary and I'm so excited to be here today with you all and so excited to be able to shortly introduce some incredible women uh, for our When at Ten celebrations. We've got women who have been involved with When from the very start of our journey and women who've really been impacted by the work that WEN has done and have been along with us, holding our hands, supporting us and um, helping us make the impact that we want to have. So today's about three things, really. We're saying happy birthday to WEN. We're also wanting to celebrate what we've achieved with the help of our amazing members, all of you who are listening. And we also want to look forward to the impact we're going to make over the next 10 years, and to launch our fundraising campaign, When at 10. So first of all, as I said, we're going to hear from some really inspirational women who've shared our journey with us so far. And I think they're really going to bring to life the work that Wen has done over the first 10 years of our lives, and show what it really means to be a Wen member too. And then we'll also hear from the brilliant, Jess Fishlock, MBE, uh, the international footballer, and she's going to be in conversation with Laura McAllister. Um, So please do save up your questions for that section and put your questions in the Q&A function when we come to the Laura and Jess chat. Then the third part of the day, the afternoon, will be our actual AGM when we um, look back and again, look forward to our next five years. So, um, I am delighted to introduce our first speaker, the brilliant Jane Hutt MS, the Minister for Social Justice. She has been involved in our journey right from the start of When Wales and has been a brilliant supporter of women's rights. She's going to look back at our key achievements and also look forward to our future. So over to you, Minister
1: about Catherine and how I'm really pleased to be with you this afternoon. I'm, I'm squeezing it in with plenary sessions and everything but it's great to be here at the start. Um, uh, really a great pleasure to celebrate the 10th anniversary of when Wells, it feels so you've been here forever, but ten years. So what can you achieve? You've done so much in this decade. So much more to come. So can I just start by congratulating everyone who's been involved, setting up the organisation, founders that Kay and Kirsty were going to hear from. But staff, trustees, members, crucially, because you actually are important as a membership organisation of women from across Wales and all the organisations. I always say to Catherine, you, you know, you're representing powerful voices from women and you've all played an important role to ensure when's, when Wales has continued success in bringing women together uh, across Wales and amplifying those voices. Very packed afternoon and. I'm only going to be saying a few words, but I'm just brilliant speakers you've got all afternoon. I wish I was spending the time with you, but you'll be looking at the history of When Wales, as you say, current work and what the future holds. Um, but I think our, our recent history has seen all of us live through the most extraordinary times. And When Wales has played an important part in shaping how the Welsh government has worked to ensure women are supported through the pandemic. and Centered in our recovery. And in fact, the WEN Wales Coalition has provided very valuable advice and information to Welsh government ministers, not just to myself, as we worked through the pandemic. And nearly a thousand people I, I, I note have taken part in the WEN Cafes undertaken. I'm sure that many of you here today have been involved in those. I've, I've taken part in a couple of myself. You've all contributed your knowledge and expertise to the response to COVID-19, including, most importantly, consideration of the impact of the pandemic on disabled women, black, Asian, and minority ethnic women, LGBTQ plus women, and looked at women's health, caring responsibilities, and housing. And I think, you know, when I spoke, perhaps it was last year, and I can't remember, Catherine, but I did um, make this point about the amazing role that women have played as women scientists, giving the evidence across, you know, the globally, um, but also in Wales. And I've recognised that as chair of the diversity uh, in STEM, um, particularly on focusing the contributions of those women. But we have faced challenges which would have been unthinkable just two years ago throughout the pandemic, uh, but you have helped us, When Wales, and all you represent and all your membership feeding in and giving us that all importance advice. I want to just focus for a couple of minutes on the importance of your mentoring program, the WEN Wells Mentoring Program. I know it's going to be, I can see mentors speaking and its mentees as well. It's going to be it's a huge feature uh, uh, of, of what you have achieved because I've been part of it as well. I've been a mentor, and of course you learn so much by being a mentor, learning from your mentees so that you become the mentee and they become the mentor. But hearing firsthand the real-life experiences and barriers which women still face in Wales, and you've got to do that by being with people, with that experience, listening and learning from them. It's been a grounding learning experience for me, and every woman I've worked with has inspired and re-strengthen my resolve to drive forward change. And of course, you know that's why I'm I'm in politics. That's why I, I I'm so fortunate to have the opportunity to use my influence to take forward and learn from those women and take action. But if you look at the mentoring scheme, it's it's given diverse women from across Wales skills, confidence to step into public service to become leaders. I'm delighted that so many of the mentees have taken that important first step into public life and excited that they represent the future of Wales. And, he, and it's been possible to do this virtually. I'll, I'll never forget the coming together virtually at the end of the last scheme and we were all together and a few had their glasses of wine to celebrate their achievements. We did it virtually. We got everyone together. You did. So this year, when Wales is building on its legacy, to lead the All Wales Equal Power, Equal Voice mentoring scheme in collaboration with East Disability Wales and Stonewall Cymru. And I think this scheme, which is part funded by the Welsh Government, is so important because it will help to ensure that many more people from underserved and underrepresented communities will be supported to move into public life. And I do think this programme will help us to achieve the changes that we all want to see in relation to leadership and representation within Wales, because it will help develop the skills, the expertise, potential and confidence. So, so important, the confidence of talented and diverse individuals from across Wales, from school governors to national government. We can, you can do it. I need to see diversity, inclusion and equality amongst our leaders and decision makers. And it's very much uh, in, in line with our quality and diversity strategy. Where we seek to ensure that Wales is run by people who are Welsh, who are who are the people of Wales, running Wales must reflect Wales. And also, just to recognise that leadership and visibility has been so important. And uh, I think many of us actually were together uh, when we spoke at the unveiling of the monumental Welsh women's first statue of Betty Campbell, uh, the first black head teacher in Wales. And the fact that this was so so importantly organised, selected, showcased on, on TV, those five women and the public vote led to the incredible inspiring statue of Betty Campbell being unveiled in the centre of Cardiff in September. I think that's made a huge impact and we will all um, celebrate that today. So we can't claim to achieve, achieve gender equality. We mustn't forget to celebrate achievements along the way. We must continue on our work towards equality by making change happen. And I've outlined a few projects. Um, They're bringing about positive change for women and girls across Wales. And I know that we have more to do. I'm very pleased that in your uh, press statement for today, you recognise that we have committed in our programme for government to incorporate the United Nations Convention on the elimination of all forms of discrimination against women, CEDAW. And, of course, every time I meet with WEN Wells, they ask me for progress on that aim. It's now firmly embedded in our programme for government. And also, just to alert you to something that's coming forward very shortly in the next few weeks, um, the next stage of implementing our Violence Against Women, Domestic Abuse and Sexual Violence Act by a new consultation for the next five years which will be extending from tackling violence against women in the home to the to the street and the workplace to the public to public places and that's going to be very important in terms of uh the focus uh on violence against women um that is so sadly still still so much uh with us today and we will work together, I know, and when we're Wales will respond and all the organisations to the consultation that's coming up shortly. So we have more, a lot more work to do. It's going to be great, I'm sure, to hear um, Jess and Laura speaking later, on. I'm going to have that pleasure. But I will be listening to the statement by the Council General, where he will be formally um, confirming uh, the, the fact that Laura McAllister is the co-chair uh, with Rowan Williams of that all-important influence. Commission um, looking at our future prospects in Wales so I have got to leave you now I hope I haven't overstepped my time with you uh, but it's been an absolute pleasure to to work with you to support you to be held to account by you as well which I will expect of you from this day forward as as you would expect but also out of that to make the change that we know Is so important for women in Wales. And if we make that change for women, we make it for everybody. Jochen Bauer, thank you very much.
0: Jochen Bauer, Bauer, Minister, thank you very much. Jane Hutt, um, Minister for Social Justice, we really appreciate your support. Thank you. So I'm delighted now to welcome our next speaker, who is Kay Richmond. Um, Kay Richmond was one of the founders of WEM Wales, and we are now passing over to her.
2: Thank you very much, Catherine, Uh, it's a great pleasure, obviously, to be with you today, seeing something which was a twinkle in some of our eyes um, 10 years ago, um, still going strong and developing. So that's absolutely excellent and good to hear uh, the things that Jane Hutt has mentioned about introducing CEDAW and other things in Wales. It's good to be living in a country that takes the lead on things when appropriate, and nothing could be more appropriate than that. But just to reflect a little on why. um, I've been uh, a suroptimist, sorry for those of you who don't know suroptimism, but what it means is an organisation seeking to help women and girls be the best they can be for many years. And it was the Soroptimists who introduced me to the Welsh National Coalition, Women's National Coalition. I'll get the title right eventually. Uh, And I also joined in with Kirsty at the Institute of Welsh Affairs. And that was where I first met Laura. Uh, It was a big shock and disappointment to all of us when the governments, and I do use the plural, withdrew funding for the national um, coalition. And I suggested to Kirsty that maybe we could do something in Wales um, which sought to build on that experience uh, of uh, that body and take forward the work that is so needed. I was delighted that Kirsty and Adele and I got our heads together. I managed to get uh, when uh, started. Sorry, I'm keeping my eye on the time, as you can see. <laughs> um, but, sorry, these things never stop when you want them to, do they? Don't worry. There Don't worry, we go. It's gone. <laughs> um, but it's what can we do for the future? And the one thing that I'm sorry we haven't managed to do is to gain uh, UN recognition through the Economic and Social Council, because that does give you a route into a very important body for women worldwide, including women in Wales. And as you know, uh, Wales Assembly of Women is accredited by ECOSOC. Perhaps that's something we can look to, to work more closely together in the future. Because without being accredited, you can't attend the Commission on the Status of Women each year in March. And I think that would be such a good step
0: forward for when. So I leave you with that thought. Thank you very much. It's great to hear about why we were founded and um, a challenge there for our future. Thank you. So now I'd really love to invite our next co-founder, I guess I should say, of When Wales, Kirsty Davis-Warner, who's going to say a few words. Over to Kirsty.
3: Hello, hi, thank you. I'm really pleased um, to be invited to speak today and I share um, Kay's pleasure. It's really nice to see you on screen, Kay. Um, I can't believe that Wen is 10 years old and when we set up Wen, Um, as Kay's alluded to is because we felt that there was no vehicle in place to make sure that women's voices were being heard at the heart of decision making, in the designer services which affected them, but also that we weren't being represented in the arenas that we needed to be. Wen had the, has been extremely lucky over the years to have some, the support of some amazing women in its inception and making it all the way to 10 and you've already heard from Kay Um, who was such an amazing force in that space who I'm forever indebted to but as Kay has I also must mention Adele Baumgart who shortly after inception was co-chair of WEN who has been a tremendous supporter of the work and of me and really helped us to professionalize WEN and get us into the spaces that we needed to be in the early days and you'll know that since then WEN has really taken off. Um, My personal favorite bits are The manifesto work and the scorecard work that was done with Oxfam Cymru um, and WEN has never been afraid to deliver some quite bold and challenging messages and speaking truth to power and that's something that makes me very happy. That WEN has gone from that place to this organisation in just 10 years is amazing to me and it remains one of my proudest achievements actually. I work for Welsh Government now and I hear the name WEN Wales really frequently like every other day and it really makes me proud. And since then, Wen has obviously grown and has professional staff who are doing an amazing job of holding decision makers to account. But Wen's special place in my heart is because for a long time, there was very little money and many hurdles. And the solidarity between women was what kept it going until it was on its feet. And this was tricksy at times, as you might imagine. But it's given me a fantastic experience that I can recount in job interviews as an example of negotiation and dealing with stakeholders with competing interests. Um, But the most enduring lesson has been for me that in solidarity we can do anything and that barriers do tend to shatter when we speak together and hold each other up and clear the path for each other. As well as working at Welsh Government, I'm also a coach and I work exclusively with women and I'm getting increasingly worried about what the recent crisis, crisis has done to the confidence of women. Um, Is brought into sharp focus, as you'll all know here, the multifaceted burden on women who are more likely to be low paid, caring for children and elderly, be key workers and to have their income fall, and to be dependent on public services which have been so heavily impacted um, and the least rewarded financially as well. know and what worries me is that women aren't blind to these inequalities and we live in a system that doesn't do a great job of hiding its hostility towards us and we've seen in the media what happens to women who question the status quo we've seen how women are treated in the justice system and how women are asked to be vigilant to make sure that they're not abused by men and then when women struggle to say no or to claim space society looks at women as though it's their individual fault and I feel really passionately about this and I'm that's why I'm so pleased then uh that one is celebrating this anniversary and i think why we need organizations like this now more than ever and just a massive thank you from me to all of you who continue to make that happen thank you
0: thank you so much Kirsty. that was lovely to hear more about the early days thank you for the shout out to adele who couldn't be with us today but we um have been in contact with her too because yes we owe all three of you a huge debt so thank you very much um, I'd now like to introduce um, the wonderful Professor Mina Upadaya, OBE. She's a former trustee of WEN Wales, a medical geneticist, and one of WEN's 100 Welsh women. So over to you, Mina.
4: Thank you very much, Catherine. Uh, it is a pleasure to join the celebration of WEN's 10th anniversary. Uh, I was elected to be WEN's trustee in 2013, and undoubtedly, I acquired tremendous knowledge on pressing issues that women continue to fra- face. Wen's vision on gender non-discrimination and equal opportunity and authority for men and women has always resonated uh, with me. When I first joined, Wen was focusing on expanding the membership database and the membership figure at that time was in three d- digits. Now, WEN has astonishing membership of over uh, 35,000. So well done, WEN. WEN has continued its involvement with CEDO, as we heard earlier, and it has continued to connect, campaign, and make a difference as member of the UK's Joint Committee on Women. I continue to engage with WEN after I step down and it was a great pleasure to pleasure as well as an honor uh, to be a mentor for uh, Van mentoring uh, scheme. And I had the opportunity of um, mentoring a wonderful enthusiastic enthusiastic mentee who is who is attending this webinar. I'm grateful to uh, Van for including me amongst. 100 Welsh women to mark the centenary of Representation of People Act 1918. I was also honored to be a part of the panel of experts who were involved in the selection of five women from the list of 50 Welsh women for the monumental Welsh women. These five women were then put forward for public vote Uh, for the hidden heroines by the BBC. And as you know, formidable Betty Campbell was voted uh, for the first statue. And it is an amazing monument, inspiring countless women and girls in Wales. Ben also works with purple plaques, which recognize uh, remarkable women and, uh, and award them with a purple plaque. It is heartening that WEN has gone from strength to strength and is currently involved in a range of additional activities, to name a few, International Network, Stopping Violence Against Women, The Equal Right to Health and Finance, and The Value of Care Work. I pay tribute to Van for being an exemplary organization and wish them all the best for this future. Thank you. Oh, that's wonderful.
0: And um, if we were all in a theatre together or something, we'd all be clapping each other. And it, it feels really strange. <laughs> this, this is all very silent. But thank you, Mina. And thank you for all our speakers so far. It's, it's just brilliant. It's so heartening and motivating for us all as a team to hear about how far we've come and how much our work is appreciated. So onwards now, please, to Sarah Rees, who is a former chair of WEN Wales and is now CEO of Oxfam Cymru. Sarah.
5: Hi, um, and thank you. It's lovely to be um, picking up the baton from my friend, Mina. Um, it's a real honor to get the chance to speak to you all as we celebrate 10 years of Wenwen's. Times have really changed over this last decade for women um, with some amazing highs, but we still have so much work to do. At the time I stood for the role of chair in 2013, I was five months pregnant and I was inspired to show other women that you can juggle a senior position with motherhood. But I had a lot to learn. Whilst I was battling with sleepless nights and breastfeeding, I was made redundant from a job that I loved. And the day that that letter dropped on my doorstep, when my daughter was less than 12 weeks old, was devastating. But it was when, who saved me from feelings of hurt and anger that could have consumed me and ruined such a special time in my life. I'll forever be indebted to Eleanor Davis and the members of the WEN board who listened, advised, cared and supported me. As the work part of my life came crashing down, it was WEN that was there to lift me up. And I learned that you could alternate interviews for a WEN director with pumping breast milk um, and that my granny with Parkinson's could take care of my daughter so that I could go to Welsh Government to finalise our first large funding bid. And what I'm trying to say is that when we empower one woman, we empower an entire community because empowered women empower women. Each step that I took was a tiny ripple on the pond of change that WEN has created for all women across Wales. WEN is much more than a network. It sits at the core of a sisterhood, one that's louder and stronger and more successful when we all come together. I wanted to set everyone a challenge. We have the power to make change for women, and it's my privilege to use my platform to speak for other women who are at the coalface of gender inequality. I wanted to ask you to commit to taking one action that will make positive steps to enshrine the rights of women in Wales and across the world. So as you take a moment to consider what your change will be, I want to share some inspiration. You can shop mindfully and sustainably and ethically um, and I'm pleased to announce that profits from these beautiful um, locally made decorations will go to Women Seeking Sanctuary advocacy group who support asylum seeker and refugee women here in Cardiff. Um, whilst we've regained the freedom to watch sports or to grab a be with our pals, women giving birth across Wales still have limited visiting rights. In Kumtaf Morgano Health Board, for example, no visitors at all are allowed on postnatal or antenatal wards. That means that two hours after giving birth, your birth partner has to leave and you're on your own with your newborn until you go home. You could ask our health minister and then Morgan to act on change for that. This Saturday is Transgender Day of Remembrance. The Welsh Trans Alliance and Pride Company will be hosting a vigil on the Senate steps at 2:30. And you could turn up to this event and show your support and be allies to our trans community. So please do take a moment, share in the comments or on social media what your action will be. And thank you, especially to Catherine and all the team behind the scenes at Wen Wales. It's great for us to celebrate, to thank you and all take small actions for gender equality, because together we make more change. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much. That was brilliant. And so good to remind us that we all do, we, we all hold power ourselves and we can all take action to make things better for others. So thank you for that reminder. Um, and now on to our next speaker, the fantastic Oriel Miller, who has been a mentor on the WEN mentoring scheme and is director of the Institute of Welsh Affairs. Oriel. and thanks very much indeed, Catherine, and
6: really great to be with you all here today. Uh, it's a real honour to be asked to reflect on WEN and the contribution that you've made, that you are making, and that you will continue to make into the future in terms of gender equality. I've been involved with WEN for about half of these first 10 years. So I want to talk first, please, about why mentoring future leaders really matters to me. And then we're going to go on a bit of a voyage into the future. Um, I took up my first leadership role at the age of 29 in rather unusual circumstances. I was working in Virindi in Central Africa in the middle of an ongoing civil war, and my boss had had a series of death threats made against her and her young family. So she left quickly and I was handed the keys. I learned on the job, running an organisation with 140 staff, seeking out and finding my own mentors all men, a good 15 to 20 years older than me, who had the networks and the confidence that I didn't. They were very generous with their time and support and have remained friends ever since. And I've always really valued those relationships and I made a really early decision to pay that kindness forward whenever I could. So mentoring colleagues from Burundi, Congo, Sudan, Russia, and now Wales, supporting them to work on gender inequalities in all these countries, Watching their careers go on to flourish and watching them become mentors to others has been a massive privilege of all the leadership roles that I've had. So I'm really grateful to Wen for the opportunity to carry on mentoring. And I'm really looking forward to learning from Beth and too this year. Now I want to think you, uh, you to think yourselves a bit further into the future. Imagine it's 2031. Okay, we're in 2031. More women than ever before have the opportunity and the resources to develop and sustain meaningful careers. Construction and technology are the hot new career choices for girls leaving school or women wishing to retrain. Whether it's being skilled up to install or maintain electric vehicle charging points or advising homeowners on how to retrofit their homes to reduce the demand for energy and keep fuel bills down, particularly in more deprived areas, or educate the next generation as to the best qualifications and skills to shape their own career in Wales's particular forte, marine energy, women of all ages in places right across Wales are enjoying the certainty of a secure financial future. Whether they work, care or balance the two, as so many of us have to do, their choices and roles are respected, informed by evidence, and supported by sound advice that they can access digitally and with confidence over the past 5 years or so more men have been applying to be carers and teachers because not only is it a badge of honour post covid but it comes with status and a salary and conditions to match shared parental leave has been reformed childcare is simple and much more affordable to access public transport has been revolutionised too As have active travel routes and women can build the exercise that makes them feel good into their daily routines. Their networks have changed and they look and feel totally different, much more multi-generational and multinational, enriched with the rich personal and professional life experiences from people all over the world who've chosen to make Wales their home because of the emphasis on things that really matter, our loved ones well-being and our sense of being part of a global community knowing that Wales offers a safe and welcoming haven to people fleeing conflict and persecution across the world. Women are using these social and professional networks not only to support the people and places they care about, but to boost the Welsh economy too, enabling us to retain these economic, environmental and social benefits in Wales. Political ambition is something to be admired, you'd believe it. Because the Senate is a place for talent and the battle to be the first woman FM was keenly fought, closely watched by the media in Wales and elsewhere. Job share MS's are entering their second term. Parliamentary scrutiny has significantly improved now that with an expanded Senate of 90, backbenchers have the strength and depth to focus on just one committee, not three. The expertise and insights of women who have lived experience of race, migration, disability or poverty is influencing lawmakers' understanding of the impact of their decisions on people's daily lives. Not only that, but half of all political leaders at every level in Wales are women, thanks to the hard yards of campaigning put in a decade ago by a partnership that crossed boundaries and political interests. This is what we have to work for a future where women's contribution is respected and valued wherever and however it is made. This is why When Wales Matters Now, and this is why we will continue to matter in the future. Bauer.
4: Thank
0: you, Aureole, that was brilliant. I love that. I love the sound of that vision. That's a vision that I think we can all buy into and that we all want to see. And I, I really love the way you put that. Thank you so much. It's, it's exactly what we're fighting for. It's exactly why we're here brilliant so now I'd love to introduce the brilliant Shireen Williams who is also a mentor and is uh, the CEO of the Local Democracy and Boundary Commission of Wales who has been incredibly busy of late. Shireen over to you.
7: Thank you. Firstly, Pembroke uh, kapis and Selamat Hari Jadi to Wen Wales. Um, I think it's always a hard act to follow Aurel, and I like this, um, what she wishes for the future, that increase in the Senate membership. So I hope when that does happen, the FM and his team gives us a call at the uh, Local Democracy and Boundary Commission for Wales to do some of that work with expansion. Um, the One of the reasons why I wanted to share uh, my thoughts about mandatory today is because I've been very lucky in my life that when I was growing up, my first mentor was my mother. Um, she's uh, incredibly successful in her in her career. And I've always been lucky to have somebody at home that I could discuss my life options with my choices and have somebody give me feedback and guide, guidance and mentoring in that way. And one thing she taught me growing up was the importance of bringing along others with you um, and the importance of giving back and finding a way to open up those doors, those barriers that were in place for when she was growing up she made a point of breaking them down so her daughter could go through those doors without those barriers in place. We talk a lot about the men, the benefits that mentoring can bring to mentees, but we rarely actually talk about the benefit that mentoring can bring to mentors. Um, one of the uh, first experience I had of my leadership uh, journey was when I was in, actually in Wales and when I started working in local government and I went to lots of meeting rooms where the leadership was heavily male. Um, middle-aged white men, Um, There was barely any women and there weren't, actually I've never gotten into a room in my career during local government of women who looked like me, women that I could identify with on different levels. Um, I was, you know, I don't want to uh, give, uh, commit disservice to the men that supported me. I've been very lucky to also work with very good male leaders who supported me and mentored me throughout my journey. But there were some things that they would never face simply because they happened to be men. I, was, uh, I benefited greatly from having a female mentor in my previous role. And it was actually seeing her leadership style, the way she dealt with challenges was what inspired me to take the next step in my career. And she also said that, you know, you don't have to be masculine to be a good leader. There's so many, what we would consider possibly feminine traits, like compassion, kindness, et cetera, which actually should be leadership values full stop that work well. Um, for those who are thinking about becoming mentors or signing up for mentors with the next program, one of the things I read this morning was, I was thinking about what can I say about mentoring? I, I saw a line that said actually, the best way to learn is to teach. And I think mentoring gives you a great opportunity to teach or impart your skills to this next generation of leaders, to nurture um, um, those, those women. It expands your own skill set. It exposes you to new perspectives. Um, I have had, you know, a wonderful experience um, mentoring um, my WEN mentee last year. In fact, we've moved on from our mentor-mentee relationship to becoming friends now. And recently I had lunch with her and I actually spoke to her about a possible public appointment opportunity for myself because that was an area of expertise she had. So it's, it's interesting how the network and the relationship changes. And my wish for the future, just like Oriel, is... A leadership that represents us all. I have a mixed race stepdaughter who's visibly Muslim, who is half uh, half Pakistani, half European. I want her to be able to look at the Senate. I want her to be able to look at her local leadership and say, actually, I can see somebody in there that looks like me. And if I want to go down that route, that's something that I can because my stepmom, my mom, my aunts, etc. These wonderful women of the previous generation have helped broken down those barriers for me. So to WEN and the team at WEN Wales, thank you for everything you've been doing for us for the past 10 years. And I cannot wait to see what you do for the next
0: 10 deal. Thank you, Shireen. Thank you. That was wonderful. And um, absolutely, mentoring is so important. Mentors have been also really important to me in my life. And we're really excited that the Equal Power, Equal Voice mentoring scheme will be launching on December the 9th. And you're all invited. I'll get my little plug in. So now I'd really love to introduce our next speaker, who is Shivana Taj, um, also has been a mentor and um, all around brilliant woman. She's the General Secretary of Wales TUC. Shivana.
8: Thank you, Catherine. Um, Firstly, my sincere thanks to you and the team for WEN uh, for making sure that women from all walks of life actually have a very safe and inclusive and an actually um, accessible way of accessing high quality training, mentoring and all the support that, you know, you provide to build up the confidence and, and, and ensure that women have access to experiences and that they may not never have previously um, experienced and uh, are women who are looking, you know, quite often to enter into to public life or to progress in their careers um, in some way. But as a trade unionist, of course, I would say a, a woman's place is absolutely in her union. And as a woman uh, general secretary, the first BME woman um, in leadership in our world trade movement, sharing a space with other women at the forefront of organizing and campaigning to protect workers' rights like when Wales does, makes me feel immensely proud of how far we've actually come, but equally even more so driven to end inequalities like sex- sexism once and for all. Now I have been mentored and I've also been a mentee and I and I genuinely do recognise what Shireen was just saying about you know when you are mentoring somebody else you 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 do develop a, a friendship um, and you, you know it does become a, a, a very you know a, a two way uh, relationship so 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 it, you know there isn't this kind of like one specific way of mentoring somebody everyone's experience can be different but um, that's okay but for me I, I've always valued the sisterhood that exists um, in the social justice and the trade union movement and um, you know I've always felt the support of, of many others who have stood with me and actually lifted me up through some of the most difficult and challenging times but you know my mentoring um, I would say started again you know in my family I come from a background where women are often stereotyped and discriminated against women who were often you know uh considered to be quiet and timid and, and compliant and, and for me this was definitely not something uh that was normal it was something that i always kicked back against but i was really lucky and, and i was surrounded by strong women including my own mother but also men like my father who encouraged me uh, to, to, to come forward and, and to do things that were sometimes seen as outside of the box for, for women, particularly for women who come from similar backgrounds, um, working class backgrounds as well as myself. As, as trade unionists, um, you know, we are striving continuously for a labour market that is much better, fairer and excludes absolutely no one. But we're facing lots of challenges right now. And, but I would say that the two most stand out for me are making sure that women are properly rewarded for what they did during the pandemic, but also how we can now achieve a green and just transition. And, and have a recovery that is going to be wholly defined by equality of outcome, because it is so important. And this is something that has continuously come about when I have been um, mentoring as well through, through the WEN program, the other programs that I have supported, that many women, more often than not, um, have you know recognized that they are being excluded, that they are being held back. Um, by the jobs market, you know, we know for sure the data is there that we've been hit hardest by the economic aspects of the crisis. We know that the the global recession, um, of course, by the fact that more women have lost their jobs than men. We know all of the issues that we've had with the furlough scheme. Whilst it was, yes, successful in protecting jobs, it could still, you know, very much have gone much further to protect women's jobs in particular. And, uh, and yesterday, Catherine and I we um, were given evidence to the Equality and Social Justice Committee yesterday for the Senate in relation to the effectiveness of the current Welsh Government childcare provision in supporting employment at Wales. And I referenced some TUC research that we had done. And this really tells you something. And, and, and the research told us that seven in 10 working mums had a vernal request turned down during the last round of the school closures. And nine in 10 had reported increased anxiety, stress. And around half were really worried about how they would be treated negatively um, by their boss because of all of their childcare responsibilities. So for me, you know, organisations like WEN and the work that WEN does is so important because they they stand with the trade union movement. They are not scared of the big issues um, and they will very much support the campaigns that we are pushing forward because... They, you know, they see the range of different women who uh, come forward, who, who want to progress within their jobs, but also, um, you know, see very much so the various different problems that they are facing. But here in Wales, we've, you know, we have got some really good foundations. We've got some really good, you know, groundbreaking legislation already. We've got the Future Generations Act. You know, we've now enacted the socio-economic duty. Um, and of course, we've got the Social Partnership and Public procurement Bill again. So we have all the right foundation to make sure that Wales becomes a a fairer, a more equal and just society. But the reality is, is that unless organisations like WEN continue doing brilliant work that they have been doing and that women like myself, who are in the positions that we are in, that we don't simply just take up the space for ourselves, but continue to remind each other that we we have to pull everyone up and so that we are all sat together as one and we have that solidarity and support around each other we're not actually going to be able to achieve the you know what we definitely need which is that women deserve a feminist intersectional recovery but it's only going to be it's only going to happen if we are united and we work together and that we are at every single decision-making table. Thanks, Catherine. Thank
0: you so much, Shavanna. Jochen Bauer, just well said, absolutely well said. We do stand with you in terms of making sure that women have an equal role. That's our diverse 50-50 campaign, which I'm going to talk a bit about later. It's so important that women are at every decision-making table. And yeah, the thing about the Green and Just Transition, we 100% agree with because it is something that we're calling for and in fact um there was a phone in on radio wales this morning that i took part in and i pushed the point again that caring jobs are green jobs and um they should really be care should be invested in as part of the building back better from the pandemic so thank you shivana um i'm now really delighted to introduce um something a little bit different we are going to have a poem, and I'm really excited to tell you that this poem is going to be, is, has been written um, by Crystal S. Lowe, who is an amazing woman. She's a huge role model for many young girls today. She's a Bermuda-born, Wales-based, self-producing dance artist, choreographer, writer, and director. And her work explores the themes of intersectional identity, mental health, and well-being. So I'm delighted to ask Crystal to share her poems with us now. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's really incredible to be here um, and to
9: hear from so many really um, empowered women and to hear just that courage and strength as you speak um yeah it's incredible to be in this space with you all thank you for inviting me um I've just two poems that I'll share today and one is a, about rewilding um and kind of taking that idea and concept in nature and, and putting it on on myself as a person and, and for other women and and the rewilding idea is not about wildness and about the idea that um to be authentic is wild, especially as a woman of color, that, that my authentic self isn't wild, but that we as civilization, as people, we call things that we don't understand wild. And so it's about kind of taking back um, who I really am. And so I'll just recite this poem for you. Uh, There were soil-stained feet racing across stepping stones warmed by the midday sun to meet tall trees, branches wrapped in old man's beard. There were climbers, not afraid of scars and bruises, reaching the very tops of the trees, clinging on for dear life, while beads of sweat rolled down out of breath, red faces, out of breath, awe-filled faces. These were my childhood. There was waking up to the subtle rhythm of humming lawnmowers, exposing caterpillars both brown and smooth and ebony with prickles all over. There were caterpillar houses made from parsley jars, which made parsley forever remind me of caterpillars. There were countless hours enjoying the brilliant monotony of swing sets while the smell of freshly cut grass hung heavy in the air. There were dirt holes throughout the garden made into mud pies, secretly baked in brick ovens by self-appointed chefs. And then there was the fall of the self-appointed chefs when the secret bakery was discovered. These were my childhood. There were seas of bright yellow dandelions flooding the garden. There were cartwheel lessons through waves of sun-bleached grass led by instructors who remarkably resembled sisters. There were visions of outstretched mirrors, twirling skirts, hovering dancing legs while golden-headed weeds watched in awe. Then there was the crashing of applause like Corinth at the end of their journey. These were my childhood. There were books with innumerable pages read by her familiar voice, catapulting us all into very strange and wonderful worlds, worlds even more wonderful than our own. There were shared beds with cold feet and hot breath, making its mark in the most annoying spot at the edge of my face. These were my childhood. There was warm sun and dark skin and braided hair. There were countless sisters and that one brother. There were swing sets and rivers of dandelions. Those were my childhood. When I was just a little girl, when I was just a little girl, I twirled and swirl with brightly colored fabrics and painted nails. I was enamored by all that was me. Take me back to when I was uncultivated, to when I was filled with the wonder of me. Reroot me in soil rich and deep, remake me into something raw and make me all that I was meant to be. I am not here as an exhibition for your private amusement. I am not to be used as a commentary. She's too big, too old, too dark. She's too young, too thin, too light. Unravel me and see the woman that hides behind ordinary lies beneath the guise of everything's all right, covered by disguise, fully clothed through life. Undress me and see all that makes me got your fingers down my every curve, Memorize my marks, and there you'll find me. There you'll find me. I am me, replanted for my total restoration, replanted for regrowth. I will rebuild me into something true, reconciled to who I'm meant to be. I have exiled all that doesn't add up to me. Wild and free are all I want to be. So I strip away until all that remains is a little child, the girl I was, unafraid, undefiled by the world around. I am, we wild. I think. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, I just wrote that based on on everything that that comes off as we grow up, or that should come off that was put on us as young as 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 girls, you know. And I think that is is the, is the thing that I, I keep hearing again and again in 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 civilization in in nature and i don't know in in culture in in community and i and i hear today that the expectation put on women the things that are put on women specifically women the the assumptions um, as if we're, we're made for someone and not for ourselves for our own pleasure for our own um Encouragement for our own in, in, empowerment, for our own fulfillment. And we are made for ourselves and to be that empowered being. So, this uh, last poem is a shout out to all the women um, who are just refusing to bend under the weight of societal expectations. Shout out to all the women who name themselves, the women who don't let anyone else decide who they are, how much they understand, and where their place is in this world. Shout out to all the women who persist all alone and to those who persist in pairs of women who support each other through it, whatever it is. Shout out to the women who stand up for what they know is right, even when others tell them they're wrong to the women who stand against injustice of all kinds and never take no for an answer shout out to the women who understand their worth and who fight to be valued in the ways they deserve shout out to the women who have given up been shamed quieted and held back and came out of that place and became something great shout out to all the women who define greatness and success for themselves and not those definitions imposed upon them You women are who I look to when I forget who I am, what I'm doing, and what I deserve. I look to you, and you remind me of all I am and can be. So keep going. Be passionate and brave. Break down and take rest. Be everything you decide to be. Thank you so much.
0: Still, thank you so much. That was incredible. Um, we're so lucky that Anne-Marie, and my wonderful colleague at Wem Wales, um, her daughter benefits from your incredible dance classes and we came across you. So thank you so much for your time today. And and those poems were really powerful and really beautiful. So thank you. Oh, they really appreciate it. Really great um, kind of interlude to, to help us think. Um, So thank you, Crystal. So I'm delighted now to introduce um, Grace Quantock, who is a former mentee of WEM Wales and um, also now an incredible board member in various places. So I'm going to ask Grace uh, to share her experience of, of WEM Wales and over to you, Grace.
10: Uh, dear Catherine, Thank you. Yes, hello. I'm so honoured and delighted to be here. Um, I'm Grace Kontug. I am a therapist, a writer, researcher and public appointee. I sit on boards across social care, health and human rights. And that's because I'm a graduate of the WEN mentoring scheme for women in public life. So when I first discovered boards existed in my mid-20s, I knew I wanted to contribute to the conversation, but I didn't know how. My first interview for a health board had over 250 applicants and people had flown in to interview. Um, and I had got the bus from my council estate in the valleys and was kind of surprised to be in the room, to be honest, and didn't really know what to do when I was there. Um, I was the only person in the room who wasn't a mayor or a former head of social services or a retired captain of industry, or at least that's what it felt like at the moment. I was the only visibly disabled woman in the room. I was the only person under 30 and I was one of just a handful of women. I didn't get that role. But I knew at that time I was going to need support to understand this incredibly complex landscape and how to navigate it as a woman who holds multiple marginalized identities. And so I was really lucky to come across WEN's mentoring program, public appointees, and it has been life-changing for me and for my family. So now today I am an independent board member with social care Wales we are the national body for social care in Wales and I am a board member there and deputy chair regulation standards I am also an independent member for digital health and care Wales the NHS Wales digital body where I'm deputy chair of audit I also am an associate non-exec with the Y Valley NHS Trust in Hereford where I'm also well-being guardian
8: and
4: I don't know if everyone else is experiencing the same thing unfortunately we've
0: lost grace i can see some nods um grace has frozen um i'm just going to wait one minute and just look at my notes and see who's who's on next and whether we come back to grace shortly hold on um so i think as um grace has frozen but she was sharing such a powerful message of how many boards she's on and how incredibly well she's done Um, I'm now going to invite Mia Rees, who was next on the list, if that's okay. So can I pass over to Mia? Um, Mia, it'd be wonderful to hear from you.
11: Thank you very much, Catherine. Uh, And I'm sorry that I am the uh, halftime entertainment for for Grace, who is a very worthy speaker um, and has uh, uh, contributes to public life in such an incredible way. I really hope that we can all hear from her um, at some point this evening. Um, so thank you very much to Wen for inviting me to speak. Um, for me, Wen installs a passion in women, giving them belief in what they can achieve both individually and collectively, both celebrating their achievements and championing women, and this is epitomised by Wen Wel- Wales's celebration of 100 Welsh women. Uh, Being a WEN mentee was truly a transformative experience for me, which might sound a bit OTT, but that's who I am. When I became a mentee, I had no confidence to take myself to the next level. I had knowledge and I had understanding of the world and what I thought I wanted to do, but just no belief that it was something that I could do. I very much thought it was something for others, However, WEN gave me that confidence and helped me overcome those barriers and gave me that self-belief that, yeah, you can go for it. You can achieve it. Not just that I can, but that I was wanted in that space. I met amazing women who I believed in and who believed in me. And that was incredibly powerful. Since becoming a WEN mentee, I have become a counsellor in Cardiff. I have joined a board uh, for Cardiff YMCA, which I'm incredibly passionate about and I thoroughly enjoy. And this year became the uh, chair of the largest subcommittee of that board, overseeing all of youth and community for Cardiff YMCA's provision in Cardiff and the Vale, which I'm super excited about and really honoured to be given such a responsibility. And I also stood for to stand for the Senate uh, in in May, uh, which was a hugely exciting experience and uh, not something I thought I would do, certainly not before I was 35. So it was a a really incredible experience. I learned a lot. And um, I have to say, I, I thoroughly enjoyed quite a lot of it, much to my surprise. These roles have made me stronger and made me believe strongly in the important role that women need to play in public life. We are not an optional extra. We are a necessity to public life It is to, if it is to function well and if it is to really represent the community that it should serve. Um, I'd like to wish WEN a massive good luck for the next 10 years. Please continue to install, grow and promote women in Wales. Give them the belief in themselves that
8: WEN has in them. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you so much, Mia. And it's wonderful to hear about your, um, your journey and around being a counsellor and your other board appointments. It's absolutely brilliant. So um, now it's, I'm going to go over to Jasna Muhith, please. Um, Jasna, you've got um, the floor. Jasna is a previous WEN mentee also, and we're delighted to have you here. Jasna.
12: Thank you very much, Catherine. Um, First of all, I'd like to start with thanking WEN uh, for all the incredible work they do. And uh, when I look back on um, my time when I joined uh, WEN Wales, um, I came to WEN Wales uh, when I needed more of a um, psychological uh, safety net. Um, I just needed a reminder that we women do matter, our voices, does matter, um, I needed to remind myself how as women, we can rise and we can help others to rise. Um, my time at um, when as a uh, mentee, I was uh, mentored by Mina Opadia, who i couldn 't have asked for a better uh, mentor, absolutely amazing, inspirational. In everything um, that she does for um, those that she supports, but also for the scientific community. We had a great connection. We had a scientific background, uh, which gave us a basis to start on. But since uh, having done the um, WEN mentorship program, I believe I have come a long way and I have um, really um, lived. Uh, the thought that uh, women do matter, and there's so much more that, uh, that we can contribute to society. Um, uh, since the program, I have um, joined Women's Connect First. So Women's Connect First uh, helps the um, uh, Black and ethnic minority uh, communities Uh, I have joined um, the Healthcare Business Women's Association, which is a scientific community that supports women uh, in uh, healthcare to make sure that they get uh, gender parity. Uh, I am uh, part of the um, Ethnic Minority Welsh Women's Association um, um, Mentorship Program. I do quite a lot of other things outside to make sure that we uh, represent uh, women in leadership and also uh, ethnic minority women in the workplace, as well as out in society. Um, I like to think of myself as setting little flames or tea lights. Um, that shine bright everywhere I go so I can pass on that tea light to the next person so uh, they can continue that fight for gender equality and inclusive um, society, uh, making sure that ethnicity is included as well as other intersectionalities. So thank you everybody. Thank you Wen Wales uh, and Mina and Women's Connect First for helping me grow and helping the next generation of leaders grow too.
0: That's wonderful, Justina. Thank you so much. You were a brilliant mentee. And um, as you say, um, referencing your, your wonderful mentor, Mina, our mentors have just done so much for us, haven't they? And um, it's so exciting that we've got the launch of our new Equal Power, Equal Voice mentoring scheme coming up. So thank you very much Justna, and all our speakers so far. Um, I'm really delighted now, um, I'm feeling slightly starstruck here as I introduce two wonderful sporting legends from Wales. Um, one, Professor Laura McAllister, who is an academic and Titan of public life here in Wales, and also Jess Bishock, MBE. So Jess is a professional footballer for Wales and OL Rain, and it is 6:30 in the morning in America. So a really huge thank you to Jess for um, doing this uh, talk for us. Um, she is the first Welsh player to earn 100 caps for the national team, and during her long and illustrious co- career, she's been outspoken about equality and women's rights and her experience as an out lesbian athlete. Alongside her many footballing achievements, include winning the UEFA Women's Champions League she has also been awarded an MBE for services to football and the LBGT community sorry LGBT community um, I'm nervous <laughs> she says we do have a voice we do have a platform we're not just footballers and we can help create change so thank you Jess and Laura over to Laura who's going to be in conversation with Jess now um, for a conversation, and if you do have questions, put them in the Q and A function. Thank you so much.
13: Great, Diachvarya uh, and Catherine, and thanks to everybody for a really, a really um, positive hour or so. I've really enjoyed listening to everyone. Um, okay, um, Jess and I go back a long way. I think that's the first thing to say. Um, when when I was captain of Cardiff City Ladies, I remember a skinny little kid coming along who was about eight or nine. Um, she'd been involved with the uh Cardiff Council, I think it was called champion coaching. Is that right, Jess, at the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she she'd been spotted already as being a, a kind of momentous talent. But I can remember her coming along. She was a sassy little kid. She was uber confident, um, but so, so talented. Um, and I remember looking at her and thinking, gosh, I wish I had a fraction of the talent this this girl's got. And, What's most pleasing, I think, is the way not only she's fulfilled that talent in her football career, but the way she's also used that as a platform for some really significant causes and some really personally important things uh, to to her as an individual and things which, of course, are really important to all of us who work on the equality agenda um, in Wales. So, Jess, um, great great to see you, of course. Great to have you with us. Um, it's, it's always a pleasure. As you know, normally we're having a coffee, aren't we, or a beer or something and a chat. Jess is a big coffee fan, by the way, everybody. So uh, she's always looking out for the best coffee shops in Cardiff. Um, tell us a little bit about your um, small-p political roles now, because not many footballers, while they're still playing, are so interested in the kind of politics of equality and of women's rights and LGBT rights. Did you kind of fall into that or was that deliberate?
14: No. um, Hi, by the way, good morning, everybody. I know it's afternoon there, but as you can see by my face a little bit right now, it's still really early morning here. Um, I definitely fell into it. It wasn't something that I kind of went looking for or something that I always knew that I kind of wanted to do or wanted to at least try and dip my toes into. Um, I think as I grew up and realized that not only was, was sport bigger than just being sport and that we, social media has kind of created athletes to have this, this platform now. Um, Yeah, I guess I had a choice whether I wanted to use that or at least try and use that, um, for bigger things than just kind of myself and, and my sport, um, and obviously I'm around a lot of really big kind of influential women and 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 people, and so they they obviously help me help me understand that um, if I can create kind of some change, then I then I should at least try.
13: Mm. And I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? It's always been interesting to me as somebody who's been involved in politics and football and sport. But in women's football, particularly, far more of us embrace that role. You know, if you compare it to the men's game, it's changed recently, admittedly, with people like Marcus Rashford and so on. But it's always been women footballers, hasn't it, who've spoken out about our identity and equality and even bigger political issues. Why Why do you think that's the case? You know, I think,
14: honestly, I think it's because we've actually have a lot more say in in our sport and, and how what our sport represents like we we have shaped our sports um as women I think it's because probably we didn't have as much backing or we don't have as much investment and so we are able to determine kind of what our sport looks like or at least what we want it to try and look like. Um, and I think that's why a lot more women athletes um, in kind of any, any sport that, that they're in have a much bigger voice um, and actually want to create the change. I think for so long, this sport kind of never really gave us anything. And so by being having a voice and by, by creating the change that we want in kind of society, um, that has always kind of fulfilled us in a different way. But as now sport and women's sports become bigger and bigger, um, it actually kind of aligns because it means that we can shape it to be exactly what we want it to be. And I just don't think that the men's side of sports allows you to do that. You know, I think it's so so kind of big and so corporate that um, I just don't think those voices are there.
13: Mm. And we're not making this conversation of obviously just about football and sport but it seems to me there's parallels to be drawn with where we are in women's football at the moment and where we are in other sectors with equality because you know we've come a long way haven't we from the obviously from the days when I was playing um, and you remember some of that of course because you know you 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 knew us as internationals at the time and it's been great to see the current squad looking back to the kind of People who, you know, took steps towards getting to where we're getting to now. So we've come a long way, but we've still got a heck of a long way to go, haven't we? Um, and it's about creating that balance, isn't it? Of not being churlish about the progress we've made, but equally being really driven by making the next step of change. And just, just tell us what do you think we've got to do to kind of own our game more and develop it in a way that to make it different for our, our, our children and our grandchildren.
14: Yeah, look, that's a, that's a great question because I actually think we are kind of in that little space where things are improving and things are getting a lot better but we can't kind of we can't kind of be for so long uh, women athletes have been in this little bubble where we're just we should be thankful and we should be appreciative of of whatever we get because whoever gives us something um, that that should be enough for us. You know, we've always kind of lived like that. Um, and, and we have to be careful that, yes, because things are getting better and there is more kind of investment. Uh, not just investment, but the media are doing better things. Or, and, and, you know, businesses are kind of investing a little bit more. I think that what we can't do is fall back into that kind of um, bubble of, being thankful again, because the reality is, is yes, although things are getting better, um, we're still probably 50 years away, if not 100 years away from where they actually should be. And so we still have to keep pushing and keep fighting for change still for the future for our children. Um, but we, we still, whilst also recognising that change has happened, I believe you can do both. Um, but what we can't get to is being, being caught in, kind of stopping pushing for change because stuff has happened. Because actually what has happened now should have happened a long time ago. And, you know, as much as, um, as, much as yeah, we, we can appreciate that and acknowledge that, you know, I'm also not gonna sit here and be thankful for something that should have happened a long time ago. And we have to be careful that we don't, you know, revisit that bubble just because now we're actually getting a little bit of kind of respect that we, we should have got a long time ago. So,
13: so just talk to us about equal pay. It's a big issue in the U S but it's a big issue for us now again in Wales, isn't it?
14: Yeah. Yeah. I think equal pay and equality from that perspective is a very kind of big conversation, conversation that we're having and is, is ongoing. Um, and I think that that, it's something that is within kind of the whole of Wales, not just for, you know, in every kind of sport, you saw that the rugby just got first contracts now for the first time in Wales, which is a huge, huge, huge step. And, you know, I keep reading about how amazing this is and WIU are doing such great things. And I'm sat here going, it's 2021 and they're just giving out contracts and I'm supposed to sit here and congratulate that move that should have happened a long, long, long time ago. And I, I just can't do that personally. Like, I, ju- I, just, I just can't because, you know, these, these women have been incredible doing what they've been doing for so long. Um, and I think, so I think with, with equal pay, it, it's something that we have to fight for. It, it really, really is. And we have to have those uncomfortable conversations with the kind of big guys in the boardrooms Um, And we have to keep pushing to get them to see why equal pay is so much bigger than just money, you know, because that's not what it is and that's not what it represents. Um, But unfortunately, that is all that anybody ever sees. And so our kind of messaging and our conversation has to be equal pay is not just about money, it's about so much more than that, you know. And if you can kind of push that out, for what equal pay represents for the whole of Wales and the next generation. That message, I think personally, um, changes our country and changes our future. Um, and that's what we have to keep fighting for. You talked there, Jess, about the big guys in the boardroom. And I know you'll have used that term
13: very deliberately. Um, you know as well that our sport is still overwhelmingly male-dominated in terms of its governance. Um that's typical across the world, as I know, having contested an election earlier this year I, unsuccessfully successfully for, for FIFA. Um, thank you for your support in that, obviously. But, you know, we, w- how do we start to change it? Because, you know, I, I was conscious in my campaign we're we're fighting. It's like pushing water up a hill. You know, we're making very, very, very slow progress. Um and even when we do get women, unfortunately, on boards in football, they tend to be women who are voice pieces for men rather than women from our game, as I found yeah. to my uh, uh, to my detriment in that in that election. So, how do we start to change it? You know, have you got any thoughts on that?
14: You know, I think that's something that we're all trying to figure out, um, and we're all trying to trying to find a way to get the appropriate people in charge um, to make. To make the decisions that we kind of need for our game you know for the women's game which is very different to the men's game in, with regards to what it needs to to thrive um and you know in truth you know the system is broken and the system is flawed because like you just said you you try and get women in and when even when you do their voice is still probably not heard and they don't feel valued and they don't feel like like they can actually do what they want to do for the right reasons. And so it's not just about, oh, well, can we get a woman in this kind of place? It's how can we get women in these places that can actually create the change that we need? Right. And be the voice that we actually need them to be. Um, And I think that that's gonna be a long process. I think first and foremost, what we really need is to have men in charge that are allies to women. Because for me, it's going to be, the people that are in charge now need to be allies for women because they're the ones that are gonna be able to help us create the change that we need by putting women in places that will create the change. But if we don't have allies right now, that's never going to happen. And the truth is, is we, you can never kind of do these things alone, you know, and and creating the creating change for women and, and women's sports and equality. It's not just going to be women helping women. It is going to be men helping women because that's actually what needs to happen. And we need to make sure that whoever we have on the board, whether, whether they're male, whether they're female, we need them to, have respect for women and for the women's game and for equality everywhere. And so I don't want to live in a world where it's just women looking out for women. I I don't want to live in that world. I want to live in a world where men look out for women and women look out for what is right and men look out for what is right. Um, And that is how we actually are going to get where we create the change that we need.
13: Yeah. And we, in a sense, we've got to do the two things simultaneously, haven't we? We've got to persuade the men who are in power to work with us now. But there's got to be a time when some of them at least step aside to have a woman's voice heard. And I mean, you know, just just going back to my FIFA election, you know, 22 countries were big enough to vote for that. But, you know, 33 weren't. And that's where we are, I think, in terms of thinking about having women from sport, women who know the sport. In, in the most important positions, you know, we're, we're away from that at the moment. So we've got yeah. to find a way through. Just, just I'm conscious of time, just, just tell us a little bit about your, your passion as well to speak up for LGBT rights, because, you know, you've been very vocal quite understandably. Um, I know that's not just from a personal standpoint, but there's a whole issue isn't there over social media bullying and young people and so on. And I know you're really passionate about that
14: yeah look i'll always kind of um fight and kind of stand up for the lgbt community well for anybody really that i feel needs needs help but you know i will advocate for for our community um i think yeah what kind of started that was obviously my youth was was a difficult time for me um personally um you know it wasn't it wasn't so easy I mean, it's not easy now being uh being gay and being out. Um, but back then, you know, it certainly wasn't wasn't easy at all. And I think for us as well, you know, we <clears throat> back in the UK, I still don't think that we're super progressive um enough. I don't think the visibility is 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 big enough for the LGBTQ community. And I don't think that's I don't think that's anybody's fault, but um it just I, it just is the way that the UK is I just don't believe that we're we're super progressive it's still kind of a taboo subject nobody really wants to talk about it um but I think over the last kind of I think definitely feel for me over the last kind of five years it's changing and there's more and more being done um for those conversations and difficult conversations and I just feel that Especially with LGBTQ youth, um, it's a very it's a very dark place. Um, there's a lot of you know homelessness and a lot of kind of um, suicides. And you know, if you look at those figures, it's truly heartbreaking. And I I just want to be visible um, for those people that that need kind of just a light to, at times, a light to help them kind of grow, or at least just survive that day, really, because I feel extremely lucky to be able to live my life now um, as a very free and open, happy, content uh, lesbian. But the truth is that there's not many people that can do that. Mm. And, you know, that's really, really hard. It's really, really hard. it, It strikes
13: me as well that this is another positive Uh, illustration of how we've owned our sport in women's football because there are loads loads of uh, out gay women in football whether that's in as players as coaches as as people involved in the governance of the game Um, and it is much more normalized when you compare it with the men's game where we still don't have an out current gay footballer in the men's premier league I mean, in some other countries, yes, it's starting to happen. So, you know, we, we, it's important that in this case, the men's game and men's sport learns from the women's game, I think. Um, I'm sure, sure you'll agree with that. Um, there's a couple of questions coming in, Jess, so I'm going to chuck them at you from the uh, chat. Um, mm-hmm. OK, uh, you've played in a few different countries, so that's a bit of an understatement. You've travelled the world, haven't you? Um, I <laughs> wonder if you can highlight a few of the positive things you've learned from those uh, countries
14: that we could take forward in Wales. Oh, great question. You know, one of the very, one of the, the best things about my career is being able to live in all these different places um, and learn loads of different cultures. Because I think that sometimes if you kind of stay in one place, you you think that that, that culture is like how you're supposed to live and what you're supposed to do. Um, but I realized traveling the world that That the cultures are so different and that's okay and and that every kind of place is has its own kind of way of that they that they live and it it doesn't mean that it's right or wrong you know it's just different and and that has really kind of shaped me as well as as a as a human to be honest with you I think for me you know obviously I've been in America now and I've lived here for this for almost 10 years and you know i can't really see me ever leaving and i think what i what i love about america um that probably a lot of people from the outside don't really see or like is is in certain parts of of america you know it is very open and it is very honest um and it's very kind of diverse you know seattle specifically it's just a place where you can be and 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 that's okay you know you everybody can be themselves um it's like this little pocket of um just kind of existence really you live you do what you want to do when you want to do it you kind of have the culture of everybody else but you never kind of you can just be I that's what I felt over here is I can just wake up every morning and I can just be who I am um and I'm not kind of judged I'm not kind of frowned upon you know I'm not ever those things and that's that's been the biggest the biggest thing here that that I have realised in in kind of America. And there's obviously conflict, but I mean, I think that happens kind of everywhere. At least here, I think it's -hmm. it's most honest of conflicts, um, which I enjoy. And then I think, you know, in Australia, their culture is way different. Um, It's super laid back, which I enjoyed as well. And I think what I loved about uh, Lyon in France and Germany as well is that they kind of live in a different in like a little time capsule like in Europe I find that time also almost slows down and you get to really enjoy the moment a little bit more I think over here in America everything is like go 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 because everybody wants to just have what they want like right now what what I find really nice about Europe is it's just a little bit slower you know yeah. like everybody can just take a little minute go for a walk have a little coffee um, and you know th- the world is still going to work and I, I kind of really like that about Europe and so I've kind of been able to mash all that together um, and I think I think in Wales, we can kind of put all that together as well, because we're kind of a little country, we're kind of a little bit special. We should be able to feel like we can do whatever we want, um, but also at a slow enough pace that you get to enjoy it, right? Because otherwise, what's the point in doing anything?
13: We know we know how proud you are to play for Wales, Jess. It's, pre- it's pretty evident, you know, every time you turn, turn up and put the Welsh shirt on. Uh, you've got two big games coming up. Um, uh, I was talking to you gaffer on uh, Saturday night, in fact, at the uh, Belarus game, and she's calling them game five and game six, isn't she? But, you yeah, know, we know it, it's Greece against uh, Wales in Llanelli a week Friday. So if you haven't got tickets, everybody, please get down there and support the girls. And then France away the following week. Massive games for us, Jess, because we've got real momentum, haven't we, in terms of qualifying for the next World Cup. Just, just tell us, and I'll bind in a question that's come in as well. How important is this, not just for the team and for everything we do in football, but for kids, for grassroots girls who want to play football, who are, see you guys as role models? Just tell us what it means, you know, qualification for a World Cup.
14: Yeah, look, I think obviously everything that we've talked about today um, and everything that we kind of are as a group for Wales um, is it's not ever just about football, Right. Sometimes you kind of wish that it was, but the reality of it is what what we're trying to do for for our future and for the kind of the next generation. Um, these games and these qualifications are are so much so much bigger than just football, right? And and some people would think that that's pressure or that um, you know you you come home and you can't just enjoy playing for Wales because you've got to think about all these things. The truth is, our group was always. We've always had to do that from your time that you were playing, Laura, to to obviously my time now is that it has always been bigger than that because we've always been pushing it and always had to fight yeah. for the future. You know, when you were playing, you were fighting for me, right? That's the reality so that I would have a better future with Wales. And ultimately, that's what we're doing all the time. And so that's why kind of qualification for a World Cup um, – is just huge and it's just of an enormous magnitude because it's the visibility that we always talk about, you know, Mm. and although we're getting there, if you're a little girl in Wales or even a little boy in Wales and and you see um, Wales and everything that you are, your kind of country and it's in a World Cup and it's on the TV and everybody's talking about it and everybody's talking about us and our stories and our lives then what you're going to see is that that could be you right and that's something that you could not even realize that that's what you wanted to do until you saw that moment on the tv right because that is what that's our future you know everything is going to be whether it's live stream whether it's on social media that is the future whether we like it or not and that's the visibility that we we need and the truth is that You don't know that you want it until you see it, or you don't know that that's what you want to do until you realize one day that that's what you want to do. And it can be something as easy as, as getting to, not easy. Let me tell you, it's not easy. (laughs) It's not easy, easy, but that is, that changes our whole landscape of, of women's football.
13: For sure. Yeah, for sure. Look, I'm conscious of time, Jess. I've got another question for you before we wrap up. I was listening to a podcast last night, funnily enough, and Sebastian Basson, who played for Cameroon and Newcastle and Tottenham and so on, he, he said something which struck, struck me as being a really important point. He said, we've got, to, we've got to encourage footballers to believe that football is the vehicle, not the destination, because you'll retire when you're 33, 35, 36, 37, whatever. So tell us, what, what's life going to be like after football, Jess? You know, when you're an ex-footballer, um, are you going to be a member of the CERNEV? What are you going to do? Come on
14: you know I think everybody always just thinks right now that I'm gonna stay in football or um that that's kind of what I want to do and I honestly I I just don't know if that is what I want to do I do think that when I finish playing that I actually want to go down a different route you know I see a lot of what you do and I see a lot of ways in different roles that I can create more change and although I do believe that that sport is a way to do that and it's definitely given me the pathway to be able to find this passion that I didn't realize I had which we just talked about um I do want to come home and I do um want to make our country better and that's not just from that's not for me at all it's for the future and I just I know that you know, what I've been able to do with my career and what I've been able to do in my life. I want everybody to understand that, you know, we, we might be small, but we are by far one of the best countries in the world and we can go and achieve what we want to. And I want kind of our future generations to understand that, you know, that there's a lot out there to do when you you can go and do it. And I just want to create change. So everybody has that opportunity and i just don't think that we have that right now in society anywhere um so yeah i think i i don't know if i'll be going into football but i definitely want to go somewhere that will help create change more change
13: that's that's great to hear reassuring to all of us because we we want you in public life, whatever that is. And we want you back in Wales. You can go on holiday to the US, of course, but you're going to thanks, come back to thanks, Wales. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you permission. Um, we're going to wrap it up there. Jess um, I know Catherine's going to talk about this in a minute, but I think she's. you better be careful and check your insurance with, um, with rain, because I think she's going to rope you in for a bit of skydiving in the future as well. She's going to t- tell you in a moment what that's all about. But listen, pal, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to see you. I'll see you in Sanethi. From, it, from the stands next week, and wishing you all the very best, of course. Bye, bye. Jochen
0: Jess, and Jochenbau Laura. Um, thank you both so much. Jess, we want you back here. We want you as First Minister, please, uh, when you finish playing your football, uh, we'll see you here as First Minister. That would be amazing. But seriously, you, you've talked a lot about some of the challenges that women face in terms of um, the gender pay gap, men in boardrooms, um, you know, and I could add to that inequalities in women's health, uh, violence against women, the constant online abuse, um, and a big, big push for us here in Wales around diverse and equal leadership. So, we want to see more diversity in the Senate and we want to see, um, especially, I mean, it's taken 20 years for our first woman of colour to be elected to the Senate. We don't want to have to wait another 20 years for the next one. It is absolutely appalling that it's taken that long. And so, that's really why, and, and your conversation has shed a light, shone a light on why WEN is so badly needed. So we've heard a lot about what WEN has achieved over the past 10 years, but now we need to look ahead to the next 10 years to make sure we're sustainable and make sure that we're really taking advantage of the unique opportunity we have right now because we're going through Senev reform right now. We're going to have an enlarged Senev and we need to get... Um, all our focus on making sure that that center is diverse as well as has equal numbers of women and men. So this is our 10th anniversary year and we are not wanting to lose this opportunity to do a massive fundraising push, which is what we're launching today and what Jess has kindly helped us launch uh, when at 10. So we are taking part in a skydive so far. I wrote um, two of our team into it. That's me and um, Megan um and we are going to do a skydive Saturday the 30th of April we've got 10 spaces for our when at 10 skydive if you want to join us and jump 10,000 feet and help us raise as a team 10,000 pounds please do get in touch uh, you can see all about it on our link on the link that Anne-Marie's just posted in the chat but we're really excited about this um campaign you can also choose to do your own workout for when at 10 you can walk 10,000 steps You can swim 10K, you can run 10K, but whatever you do, please do get involved and support us if you can. We've got some new pages on our website, um, our support us pages, and you can find out more there. So please do get involved. Jess, if you want to um, jump out of a plane with us, we'd absolutely welcome you. Um, We really would, it would be brilliant. Um, Book that ticket back to Wales for April the 30th next year. Um, so thank you very much to all the speakers. You've been absolutely amazing. I felt very emotional actually listening to everyone's contributions and thinking about how far we've come. Thank you for joining us for the WEN Cafe podcast and this really important discussion. Don't forget to join WEN as a member for free if you haven't yet done so. Just visit whenwales.org.uk and click on join us. You can also follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our handle is at whenwales. Let us know what you thought of the podcast by getting in touch via our social channels or do email us. We're at admin at wenwales.org.uk.